Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daftas Zayin in Maseches Megillah. And we begin three lines down from the top of Ted Zayin of Aleph. It's a Pasuk in Megillah's Esther. We're still darshaning. Perik Vav, Pasuk Gimel, Lo Nasa Imo Dover. Lo Nasa Imo Dover. What are we talking about here? Geronowitz. The question was that Achashverosh asks Haman, the evil, self-centered, narcissistic, self-absorbed Haman, what honor can I uh, put upon Mordechai for what he has done? That is, Achashverosh has just realized that he wanted to do something for somebody who's done something for him, and he looks to see what has anybody ever done for him, and he sees Mordechai has saved his life. He's asking Haman what honor should be conferred. Obviously, Haman thinks it's talking about him. However... When he asks, he asks the following. Lo nase imodavar, so mi amar el mi. Who said this? In other words, amar rava, lo mi pleisha oavin et Mordechai, el mi pleisha sonim et Haman. Mi amar el mi, it's Achashverosh's assistants are telling Achashverosh, right? This is at the early stage where Achashverosh is asking his, right, assistants, what should I do? Did I, have I done anything yet for Mordechai? And the assistants are answering, answering, nothing has been done for him. Now, Rava sees in that a raya, that it's not because, good morning, Barry, a raya, not because they loved Mordechai so much. In other words, one could say, well, they say nothing has been done yet for him. And therefore, that implies that they should now do something for him. However, they did it out of a hatred for Haman because they knew that seeing Mordechai rewarded by the king would really upset Haman very, very much. The Marsh, yeah, the Marsha explains how this, I, this shows. Had they loved Mordechai, they would have said, well, you should do this, you should do that. But when they said, they were like keeping out of it, right? They were, they were keeping it very um, parv because really their intention, says Rava, was not to uh, aggrandize um, Mordechai, but to annoy Haman. We're three lines down. Now, four lines down on Tezayin and Aleph. So says the Gemara. So, yeah. what are you saying that human being, all we are are vengeance, vengeance? No, no, no. It, it, we, we do learn a lot about human nature, but we can't assume that we're like, well, you know what? I'll say it like this. Geronowitz is asking, what can we learn from this Musar-wise? And certainly we're going to see now the self-absorption of Haman. Uh, as we learned in yesterday's daf. And, uh, and, and previous to that as well, interesting background that not everybody knows. Haman was, in fact, at one point Mordechai's slave. Oh, okay. And we also know, um, but he, uh, at least Vashti had said that Haman was her father, Balshazar's stable boy. So Haman came from humble beginnings and he had some self-esteem issue that could only be Right, fueled and healed in his mind by making himself great, by self-puffery. And so anything that threatened that was a tremendous blow to him. But you see how this has to do with self-absorption, Goranowitz? In other words, Haman knew the real him. As we're, I mean, Mordechai knew the real Haman. See, I'm almost at Adelo Yada, and it's not even... Right, right. And, and, and Mordechai knew the real Haman. Right. And that's what bothered Haman so, because Haman's entire... Agenda was to get away from from that and to try to build himself up, <clears throat> as the coming so as the coming Gemara will say. So again, now why would he want to kill whole people? 
uh, why, 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 why take it out on everyone else and all the Jews? Yeah, uh, so, le- so let's see. So the Haman now, at this stage of the Megillah, is coming to tell the king that he plans to hang Mordechai. He prepared for him. Okay, so Tana, lo, hechin. Right, so we learn from that expression, hechin lo, that really he had prepared it lo, as in for himself. In other words, right? Haman thought he was preparing it for Mordechai. Turns out he was preparing it for himself. Okay, well, how so? Well, it's funny, right? Had Haman, let's say, who we know is kind of like decide, making decisions based on what he ate for breakfast. Let's say Achashverosh had decided to hang Haman, but there had no, been no gallows prepared. So then by the time they, they finished the construction of the gallows, he changes his mind, right? It was only by virtue of Haman's preparation for Mordechai's downfall that those gallows were, were prepared and ready-made immediately, instantly, for the hanging of Haman himself. And so we see the Midah connected Midah at every step, which is the lesson of Megillus Esther, Hashem, Sashkach, and the Midah connected Midah. Okay. Well, but it's not that he wanted to kill the whole... It's, do you understand that we complain, why did he do that? Because they wanted to assimilate, you know? That's the Everything is me the connected Here, watch this me. Right, I hear you. Here, here check out this me the connected Right, but what you're saying is, like, you shouldn't pretend like our entire predicament as the Jewish people was because Haman was a vicious person and there was nothing we could do. No, obviously, as Goranus is pointing out in the Muslim moment, Everything is me, the connected me, that we brought it upon ourselves right. that that should be that period in time. Very well said. Okay. Yeah, but why should he, I mean, right. he we should, him, we can only look inside ourselves. Goranos, did you see the size of these, of these lines? All right, we're going to, we're going to, let's see if we can get, if we move. Here we go. And he did so to Mordechai. In other words, what Haman had said should be the, uh, right, as we famously know, the honor that should be afforded on to himself, turns out, Achashverosh's idea was to do so for Mordechai. So Haman says, this is the backstory, Amalei, Manu Mordechai. What do you mean? Who's Mordechai? So Amalei, you know, a Yehudi, the, the Jewish guy. So Amalei, Tufa Mordechai, he says, how many Matis? They're all, half of them are Matis. They're, they're, they're all, there's tons of them. Which Mordechai do you mean? He knows which Mordechai he means, Barry. But anyway, Amalei, Hayoshev Vishar HaMelech. Right, this whole dialogue is baked into the psukim. That's why he says, Mordechai, Yehudi, Yishev B'Shar Melech. You know, the one that sits at the gate. Achashver says to Haman. So Haman said, Amalei, Sagalei B'chad Diskerta, Inami B'chad Nara. He says, no, 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 no. Well, I don't want to give him all that stuff. Why should he get all that stuff? He's just like a guy that sits at a gate. Sagilei, it would be enough for him to have, what? Chad Diskerasa, one village, or Inami B'chad Nara, or one river, like... Let him just collect taxes, give him a civil post, put him in charge of that, and he'll be happy with that. You don't have to give him all the stuff that I mentioned. That was just because I thought it was for me. Rechashver says, No, that's a great idea. You know what? Give him all of the cover that you said, and also give him that civil post of being in charge of that river in the village. In other words, good idea. Add that too, to the list of things you're giving him. As the words say in the Megillah, Don't omit anything from what you said. In other words, add on those things as well that you just mentioned. So everything that Haman was saying was being actually turned upon him in a 
in an amazing, exquisite example of Mida Kenegan Mida. Seven lines down. So now Haman is taking all the lavush, right? The clothing, the garments, and the horse. He's about to parade him through the town. So now he's taking the stuff to go get Mordechai. And he sees Mordechai sitting with a bunch of, he's giving shear, sitting with a bunch of Rabbanon with him. What are they learning? Well, I don't know that Haman recognized this, but the Gemara is telling us they're learning the halachas of Kamitza. Kamitza? What's Kamitza? Third line in Rashi. First of all, he's explaining that it was Shishasar Haya. It was the 16th of Nisan. And by the way, it's Daf 16, Daf Yomi coincidence. Not really. Shishasar Benison Haya. Who yomt nofes haomet? Right. In other words, this was the inyana diyoma, as we've learned in Masachas Tainus. When you are no longer right, because this is before the rebuilding of the second base of Mikdash, so they're about to go rebuild the base of Mikdash. But in the absence of the base of Mikdash, they were learning the halachas of the day. During the day, they were going to bring the minchas haomer. The kamitza is the first stage of the minchas haomer when you take the fistful of flour right between your fingers. Okay. So they're learning the halachas, and you get the kapara of the of the karbanos when you learn the halachas, as we've discussed. So very apropos indeed that they were learning that. Anyway, says the Gemara. Came in the Chazim Mordechai the Apik Lekiblei Vesusei Miach Michad Bidei Mirtas. When Mordechai saw that he's coming towards him, right, and and the horse is held in his hand, Mirtas he became afraid. Susei Mechad Biyade he says the horse with him. Mirtas he gets afraid. He's coming to kill us. So what does he say to his Talmidim? Amar Lahula Rabbanon. He says to the, the rabbinical students around him, Hi, Rashiel, the Mikdal Nafshikasi. This Russia is coming to kill me. Zilamikame, di, di, lo, di, kavu, bechalaso. Get out of here before you get burnt by his coal. In other words, before you get caught in the crossfire. How does Mordechai respond at that moment? He wraps himself in a, in a talus, a cloak, and starts davening. Right? We, we've already seen uh, many examples of atifa, right, wrapping oneself as being a sort, uh, one, one of the ways, one of the hanhagos of those days of davening, and then people talk about how that translates into davening bizman hazeh. It's not the hat, per se. Maybe it's related to the talis. In particular, I've heard of Rabbi Leibowitz, a great Dafyomi master, talk about it with respect to tefillah, which is classically shmoneh esrei. In other words, any other part of davening, having the talus over your head, is maybe for concentration and whatnot. But during Shemone Esrei, uh, the over the head may be a form of atifa. Okay. Be that as it may, he wraps himself up to daven. Here we go. Here's the encounter. Also, Haman v'yosav lekamayu. Haman is approaching Mordechai. And fascinatingly, waits for Mordechai to stop davening. How do you like that? Barry is shaking his head. It's un- inconceivable. Why does he care about Mordechai's davening? Barry, perhaps there's a Goranowitz Musa moment in here, which we will soon see, that when we are sincere in our prayers and in our avodas Hashem, then it is almost impossible and is built in to the Bria that we are respected. It's only when our davening is insincere that it's not respected, as you will see in the Gemara. Amalhu, Bemai askiso, he asks, in other words, <laughs> Interestingly enough, Haman's interested in what was Mordechai giving Shear about? What were you dominating? Now, probably sinister intentions. He's trying to see what is the power of this guy coming from, right? Here I thought I was going to get him, and now things have turned against me. So what is his magic? Like, maybe he's reading Dianetics. Maybe he's reading The, the Seven Habits. 
Like, maybe I could get that book also. I finally got Andrew to laugh. It's been two years. <laughs> <laughs> so, Amayas Kiso, Amrulay, Bizman Shabes, Amikdash Kayim. So, this was probably an unsatisfying answer for Haman. He's like, oh, that seems boring. Amrulay, Bizman Shabes, Amikdash Kayim. When the Beis HaMikdash was in existence, man dim, dim nadev mincha maisim leikum tzei. A person who would make an adava of mincha, right, he would have to malay kumse de salsa. He would have to take a kumets full of, right, flour, umiskaperle, and that would bring him kapara. So amalu, asam le kumse kimcha ditchu. So Haman's response is, you know, your fistful of flour, whatever that is, well, you know what it accomplished? Vidache asar alfe kikari kaspadidi. You have a little fistful of flour, and somehow, this little shtick that you're doing with the fistful of flour was doche the 10,000 kikarim kesef that I offered Akashverosh. And the Mepharshim explained 10,000 kikarim kesef if you, if you multiply machtis the shekel of all of Klal Yisrael by, right, 600,000, 20 to, 20, age 20 to 60, you'll get your 10,000 kikarim kesef. In other words, he was trying to deliberately, what's 10,000 kikarim kesef? Deliberately counteract the machtis the shekel, and yet this little fistful of flour Overpowered it. So which Mordechai said, a clever and truly uh, a big shtach here, a, a very sharp answer. Amalei, Russia. He said to him, hey, Russia, Evid shekanen nechassim, Evid lemi, nechassim lemi. In other words, when an Evid is kind of nechassim, who does the nechassim go to? Well, we know Evid shekanen nechassim, kanarabba, mashekanen Evid, kanarabba, right? In other words, he's saying in a very sharp retort, you're my Evid. So all the money that you think you gave the Achashverosh from you, that was for me. Because all that money, all that you've acquired has been, it sounds like he didn't release him yet from his avdus. Mordechai's attitude is that Haman is still his slave. That's still his mentality. Uh, do you think Haman was appreciative of this? No, he, this is not. This is not good. Okay. Anyway, so they have this dialogue. Amalei, kum levosh hane mane urchov haisusa. Fine. So Haman says to Mordechai, you know, okay, let's just get this over with. Put on these clothes. Get on the horse. Let's just do this. The Bailach Malka. Because this is the wish of the king, and so what choice do I have? So um, So first thing Mordechai says is, I can't go until I go, until I go to the bathhouse, the Bay Bane, and, um, and uh, get a haircut. You know, I got to freshen up because I want to look good, and I can't wear these royal clothes, right, without a proper haircut. What's going on? He's been fasting, guys. Right? This was Tainus. Right? This was a Haraz Shah. Okay? As, and then as Mordechai explains, It's not proper to use, right, the clothing of the king when you're in a disheveled state. It's fine. So, Shadra Esther Vestrinu. So Esther, uh, apparently always finger on the pulse, aware of what's going on, decides in order to shtach Haman, she decides, Shadra Esther Vasterinu, Lechulu Bnei Bane, Lechulu Umane. She's the queen after all. So she has the power to Asterinu, to close or detain all of the bathhouses and all of the barbershops. Why did she do that? So that there, he would not be able to go to anyone in the city. He would have to uh, force Haman to do all the bathing and, and, um, right, and grooming of Mordechai on his own in order to demean Haman further. Wow. Okay. So Haman personally had to bring Mordechai into the bathhouse and bathe him. Like a real, you know, slave. And then Haman had to bring scissors from his house 
Some say dafka scissors, because you're not really allowed to have a guy, do it with a razor, etc., etc. Okay. And while he's cutting Mordechai's hair, the whole time, <laughs> Mordechai hears he's groaning, he's sighing. So Amalei, am I coming snacha? So Mordechai is summoned. Why are you sighing so much? Relax. Amalei, gavar dava chashiv lelamaka mikula revervoni. He said, a man such as me of my stature, who was uh, esteemed by the king more than all of his nobles. Hashta lishve balane v'sapar. Now I'm a bath attendant and a barber. Amalei, Russia. He said, Russia, v'lav sapar shal kfar kartsumaita. What are you talking about? You were a barber for twenty years. Tana is the Tana taught. Twenty-two years he was a barber. In other words, the whole thing has to do with Haman, Haman's um, inflated right self-puffery, and Mordechai just cutting him down to size at every turn. He's like, "What do you think you are? You are a lowlife, and not that barbers are lowlives, but he's trying to explain everything that you think you are. You're just the guy that you were before. You're my slave." And you were a barber for 22 years. This, to think that this is above you is, is just foolishness and self-absorption. Wow. Now, continue with the story. Grant, you're enjoying the story? Yeah. All right, so let's keep going. Okay, so Haman cuts his hair, dress him up in the clothing. He says, all right, go on the horse. And this is the part where Mordechai kind of milks it. Says, nah, I don't feel like I could do it. I, you know, what's he doing? He's pretending Goranowitz. He's acting like a sack of potatoes. He's forcing Mort- Haman to, to literally carry him onto the horse. Or even worse, watch this. So at this point, Mordechai is saying, I'm weak for my tainus, for my fast. So Gachen Vesalik, what choice does Haman have? He bends down and he lets Haman use him as a step stool. And, and he lets Mordechai, rather, use Haman as a step stool to rise up on the horse. Wow. Kisalik Batbe. Not only that, for good measure, as he's as Mordechai is using Haman as a step stool, he gives him a nice kick in the noggin. Okay, Amalei. At which point Haman is saying, "Wait a minute! Look, Sivluchuk bin Falei Vecha Al Tismach. Didn't you have a pasuk in Mishlei that you're not supposed to kick a guy when he's down?" Amalei, Hani Mil Be Israel, Abeditchuk Sevatal Bamaseinu Tidroch. Yeah, for Israel that that applies. But you, Haman, don't worry. We have a pasuk. Um, uh, where's the Pasuk in the Torah, right? That says that when we have an opportunity to destroy your self-important Avodah we can trample all over them. And so I'm being Mekayim that. By being trampling all over you, you think you're an Avodah Zarah, you think you're hot stuff. Um, and so I'm taking this opportunity to Mekayim the Pasuk and Tavarim of trampling all over you. Okay, middle of the middle page, middle lines. Here we go. So... Now they're parading through the city square. So should be done to the man who the king, right, wants to honor. So that's Haman proclaiming through the city. So the famous story when they're passing the streets of Haman's house. Haman's daughter, she's got the binox on the roof. And she's assuming, right, sometimes you see what you assume you're going to see. So she's assuming the guy on the horse is dad. And the one that's leading him is Mordechai. So Shakla Atzitza de say, uh-oh, she takes the porta party, the, the family porta party, and dumps it on the guy who is carrying the horse, 
who turns out to be uh, her father. So she's emptying the bedpan and the porta potty on her dad's head. Haman raises his eyes, at which point she sees his face. She sees it's her father. Thereupon, she commits suicide by jumping off the roof. That's um, the Pasuk, you have to read the Hemshech. It says, the Yashav Mordechai al-Shar Melech. Mordechai returns to the gate. The Haman nidchaf al-beso avel v'chafu yirosh. Haman gets pushed into his house. What's the Avelis? The Avelis is he's now sitting Shiva for his daughter. Rachman al-Itzlan. Amar of Sheshes. Pusher of Sheshes takes the Hemshech of the Pasuk and explains. Sheshav l'saka al-Saniso. Right? He returned to Sak v'tainis. Um, now, wait a minute. Sak this is already, Sak v'saniso is referring to Mordechai, right? In other words. Uh, as Rashi explains, this gets complicated a little bit, the first narrow line. The Tainis started Er Pesach. So in other words, it's a question here because it says Yom Shlishi twice in the, in the Megillah and in both times it sounds like it's two different days depending on when they started the fast. So you have to say one day was the day that Esther started the fast and the other day was, as Rashi explains, Zom Shlishi Haratim Haya. Be that as it may, uh, after all this aggrandizement, so you see the difference, right, Karanowitz? The uh, Mordechai doesn't lose his sense of self. <laughs> Just because he's being paraded around in these princely robes doesn't mean that, he's, that he's, he thinks he's all of a sudden Prince Ali, right? He realizes he's Aladdin, Lahavdil, right? He realizes that he's... Um, he realizes that uh, he has a sense of humility, right? So he's going back to that. But meanwhile, Haman nidchavel beso says the Gemara. Avel v'chafur rosh. That pasuk in the Megillah says Avel albito v'chafur rosh al sheiralo. Right. In other words, he's mourning in Avelus for his daughter who just died, and v'chafur rosh is he's covering his face because he's embarrassed. He got a paper bag over his head, right? Because it's an embarrassing experience. Okay. Isn't this like Bill? <coughs> Curse, curse, curse. Yeah. And yeah. they said you can't curse, you know. Mida right? They, they, they know. This is what right, this is what they said. That the Jews, um, when they're doing the right thing, right, you can't you can't start. This is exactly, in fact, you have just given a intro to the next Pasuk. Says the next Pasuk. By the way, if anybody asks you, this is Pasuk six thirteen, right? Perik Vav, Pasuk Yud Gimel. I'll read it. Why not? Because it's what Garano had said. Right, Haman is explaining to Zeresh and to all the people who love him, all his posse, what happened. The Gemara is going to pick up on this. The first part of the Pasuk calls them Ohavav, the people, right, his yes men. And then it says, Who answers him? His wise men. And Zeresh also gets it. If he's from the Zerah Yehudim, Asher HaChilosolim Polifonov, Right, lo sucha lo kina faulty polifanov. As Gerano had said, do you start up like Bilam if he's from Zera Yehudim, and they are. We have to add as Zera Yehudim, and they are being sincere in their right tshuva and avodas Hashem. You got no chance. Says the Gemara, Kari luavav v'karuluchachamav. Right. So at the beginning we called them uh, those who love them, then those who are smart. How do we? What do we learn from this? I'm a Rebbe Yochanan. Kol oimer dvar chachma filu b'umasolam nikra chacham. In other words, they said something wise. Right, so they started up. They start off as yes men, people who just tell him. Like <laughs> right, they start off telling him things that 
he wanted to hear, but here they told him the actual truth. So, so guess what? The truth is wise wherever it comes from. Why was Bill and Moiket? He did what he was told. He didn't go overboard, did he? Uh, Bill's intentions were not pure, uh, Goranowitz. It's not for now, but you know, this is this has to do with everything has to do with what your intentions are. Okay. So what was, let's dissect this Pasuk. If he's from Zeri Yehudim. So they told Haman, so mind you, today we say Jews, right? But in those days, there's Shevet Yehuda. It's very specific. And actually, Mordechai was from Shevet Binyamin. So what's going on here? Says the Gemara. I'm really, they said to Haman, Yeah, maybe if he comes from the other tribes, maybe you can. However, That's what they meant, Mizera Yehudim. Those four are the ones that can really get you. Yehuda ben Yamin Ephraim and Menashe, lo yechatle. That's interesting. If you're from those four, then you're cooked. How so? Says the Gemara. Yehuda, because it says in Parshat Vechi, in the brachos that Yaakov gives, dichsev yadcha be'orif oivecha. Right? Yehuda is always going to win his enemies, okay? Enoch, what about the others? Ephraim, Menashe, and ben Yamin? It says a pasuk in Tehillim, dichsev behu. Lifnei Ephraim, ben Yamin, Menashe, oira eskuvura secha. Right? You're going to rouse your might in front of those. So, Okay, so now we say, How are you going to fall? Nafalti Pol is saying you're going to fall twice. So what are the two? Famous, famous Russia. You'll see, you'll be, Hashem tells us we'll be numerous as the stars. He also tells us we'll be numerous as the sand and the earth. So which is it? The stars or the sand? So let's assume it's the same number, but it depends on our behavior. As the Gemara says... Yeah, we're numerous, but it all depends on our behavior. When we descend, we can go down to the level of earth. When we, when we elevate, we can go up and be elevated to the level of stars. Amazing. For now. Okay, so now this is going on. The, so what happened in the story as he's, you're very fixed on Bilam today, but it is, it, it's all Mida connected Mida. Yeah, it's so, like it, the you can throw it in, right? It's all it's all intertwined, right? Hundred percent. It all fits in. So don't forget, Haman goes in. His advisors, his wife, they all tell him, "Yeah, your goose is cooked. This isn't looking good for you." And before he even has a chance to clean up from the porta potty being uh, poured on his head, they're already going to get him for Esther's feast, as the pasuk says. They come and they made haste. Says the Gemara, right? In in a major well, Vahala usually means confusion. Rashi, right? He still didn't take a shower from the porta potty, so now he's coming in all stinky into this banquet. All right, so here we go. The ban- let, the, let the party begin. Says the Gemara. So, what Esther is asking for is a petition for her and her nation, right? To be, right? He, she doesn't want them to be destroyed. And he says, there is, right, a evil person wants to destroy them, and he's not concerned with the damage it'll cause to the king. What does that mean? The Gemara says, Amr She says to, He isn't concerned with what will be done to you. What does that mean? Because, Remember, he, this is Esther reframing what Haman's intentions were. She's telling Achashverosh that the reason why um, Haman had Vashti killed as we've already discussed, even though the Megillah says it was Memuchan, but we've already learned in the Gemara that Memuchan was Haman, that was Memuchan, to, you know, he's ready to go. So, 
so it was Haman who in fact gave the Eitzah to kill Vashti, and now Hashtai Khanabadidium Bailamikadli. Now he's and he's and Esther's saying that's because Haman was jealous of Vashti, because she was close to you. Now I'm close to you, and now he's jealous of me. And therefore, he's jealous of me. So this has nothing to do with the Jews, per se. This is Haman, who's jealous of you, who just wants to be next to you. And anybody who's next to you, he's resentful, and he tries to eliminate. So that's her way of eliminating Haman, to which Achashverosh responds, So you'll notice it says, What's this extra? It says the Gemara, up until now, uh, the relationship was such that Haman is, that rather Achashverosh assumed that Esther was just like a commoner, right? And therefore he talked to her only through a spokesperson because that was, right, it was disrespectful even to his wife. If she was a commoner, it would be disrespectful to talk to her directly. But came to Amalai, me the base Shal Kasina, but now she's re. Now she's revealing her lineage. And in her lineage, she came from the house of the king of the Jews, Shaul. That's what it says, Yomer twice, because now that he realizes that she's from royal lineage, he could talk to her directly. Okay. So she says to him, There is this wicked Haman. Her intention was, and we see this all throughout Masechus Megillah, Chazal think Achashverosh is totally evil. And Esther was trying to call him out for being totally evil. But the angels and Hashem knew this was a bad idea for her to call him out. Nobody likes to be called out. And therefore, literally, she was pointing at Achashverosh when she said, Rather, says the Gemara, But as fate, so to speak, or Hashkacha would have it, the Malach redirects her finger towards Haman as he's walking in through the door. Rashi says. So, so first of all, like this. First of all, Esther thought that her husband Achashverosh, her so to speak husband, was complicit in the entire affair, and so she was trying to be truthful and call him out as well. So that's why, as Rashi explains, it says. In other words, she could have just said, "It's Haman." But Ish Tsar Oyev, she had intended to refer to Achashverosh. He was the Ish Tsar Oyev. But as it turns out, as she's pointing to Achashverosh, the Malach redirects her hand towards the incoming Haman and gives Achashverosh the impression that the entire Ish Tsar Oyev Haman was referring to Haman. You mean she made a boo-boo? She was going to, but uh, I make a guffaw, but, uh, but Hashem intervened. You know something? Nobody... Yeah, you think you think people who who do bad things um, accept criticism better? I beg to I beg to agree with you yeah, that that's it, not necessarily true. Could handle criticism and, and, right. And the worst people take it worse. I think that you're right. So that's I think you're right. This is so important. Like we see Davin Melech, we show in uh, on purpose his imperfections, but we show just as much his humility in accepting uh, constructive criticism was legendary, and it's that that we take with us. Okay. Now the king is in a lather, he's in a rage. He's returning from the garden. Says the Gemara, so these Pesukim and Megillah are making an equality between when he 
went to the garden and came back. What's going on? He goes to the garden angry, comes back from the garden even angrier. What happened? I love this. Hashem made it like as follows. He sent these malachim to go make a racket in Achashverosh's garden. And for some reason, they're uprooting the trees of the garden. What in the world are you guys doing? So the angels, uh, the angels dressed as worker men are telling him, oh, this was Haman's decree. In other words, he's angry. He wants to cool off. He goes to his sanctuary where he can be calm in his beautiful garden, Bustina. And, but so, as fate would have it, this is a construction site. <laughs> Everything's being uprooted. Guys in hard hats. You hear Congo jackhammers. And it's just like a mess. And it's more aggravating than ever before. He says, what is going on? And they're saying, what do you mean? Haman said that we're doing like renovation now. Also, the vase say, so now he comes into his house. And sure enough, it keeps going. Haman nofel alamita. And Haman is now on the bed. Why nofel? What do you mean? Nafal alamita. Aren't we talking about something that happened in the past? It's the Gemara. Nafal me by right? So, I'm a Rabbi Lazar. Yeah. The Malachim are getting involved here, right? Nafal, nofel means that in that very moment, he was thrown in an exquisite timing, he's coming back from the construction site in his garden, and in that very moment, he sees Haman, as he's, like, falling on Esther, he's trying to say, this isn't what it looks like. But now, Achashverosh isn't buying it. Amar vaimi beis vaimi bora. to me that if this did not happen, that Haman would have been just uh, castigated and yeah. told to leave, uh, you know, go back to being a barber or something. Yeah. Because of this happened, you know, yeah. Well, the, yeah, you're right. It's mida It's it's uh, and, and that's part of the glory, revealing the glory of Hashem. We don't really need these people to necessarily suffer, but it shows they want you. It shows that if you do the right thing, there is always justice, uh, divine. Hashem's looking at every detail. Anyway, I'm a vaimi base of a vaimi bara, right? Woe for the inside, woe for the outside. I can't get a break. Everything's falling apart. Right? Is hagam Is this also you want? Like you want to mess up everything? So at that point, vayomer charvona. Charvona said, "Amar Rabbi Elazar." What did Charvona say? In other words, at that point, he remembered that the gallows was 50, 50 feet high. That there was a tree ready. In other words, but Rabbi Elazar says his intentions weren't great either. Charvona himself had. A sinister intention. Why? In other words, his initial intention was uh, he was that he advised Haman to hang Mordechai on that. That he was a he was a hang Mordechai guy in the beginning. So, but he was like you know a classic politician. He flip flop <laughs> immediately. Flip flop went on to Mordechai's side. We said that you're right. Yeah, but he, he, he well, what we're saying is, even like a wishy-washy politician that like right. basically just goes with the wind, right. at least he's a shaliach. In other words, we remember every detail uh, because it's all part of Hashem's grand master plan down to the last detail. Because wow. it shows us that Hashem cares down to the last detail. The oh my God, Garanowitz, really. The pasuk says Hashem is going to cast on him. Right? And he won't have any pity. This is a puzzle in Eov. Right? A former ally, right, is going to run away. In other words, right, everybody is, go- is accounted for. Fine. The Hamas HaMelech Shachichos. So now, upon 
ordering Haman to be hung, uh, the king is starting to calm down. But remember, shachacha, it doesn't say shacha, it says shachacha. Sounds like he calmed down from two things. Well, it wasn't two things that Achashverosh calmed down from. Rather, Hashem at this point became calmer, so to speak, over all the sins and all the stuff that led up, right? He's starting to, like, warm up to the Jews again. And the anger of Achashverosh subsided as well. Some say, no, the two shachacha was that of Esther. In other words, on account of what Haman wanted to do to her, and then on, 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 on account of what Haman had already done to Vashti, in other words, those two plans of Haman were thwarted. Okay. So now we're going to go back. An interesting thing, the story of Yosef and his brothers. Why so? Because he gave them gifts of clothing. So what does that have to do with it? Because eventually this leads into the clothing that Mordechai wore, as follows. Says the Gemara. A pasuk in Precious. Well, the brothers are revealed, they're departing, he's giving everybody clothing, and sure enough, he gives his brother Binyamin way more clothing than everyone else, preferential treatment. Says the Gemara, really? He is, yeah, So says the Gemara, as we turn to In other words, really? Yosef, after the experience of getting the Ketonis Pasim and all the aftermath of that, thinks it's a good idea to give Binyamin extra clothing? Are you kidding? Because we have the famous idea, right? because of the two slimes worth of fine garment, that little two cell worth of preferential treatment that Yaakov gave Yosef from his brothers, look where that led us. In Mitzrayim for generations. So why was this a good idea? So Amar Binyamin Bar Yefes. Isn't that interesting that his name is Binyamin Bar Yefes? <laughs> That's the name. We're talking about the clothing that Yosef gave Binyamin. What's happening here? Let's see. Says Rabinyam Bar Yefes. Remez Ramazlo. The Yosef was telling Binyamin a Remez that relates to Purim as follows. She also is Bain Lotzes Mimena. That from Binyamin eventually there will be a offspring. Namely, Mordechai, as you mentioned. In other words, this was Yosef's way of hinting to Binyamin that eventually Mordechai would come out of Binyamin and therefore he was telling him this uh, by giving him the clothes. Now, we have to understand this a little deeper because that's a terrible way to tell him. Maybe he should have just should have told him instead of giving him the clothes and like, how does that answer the question, right? It still could arouse jealousy. I mean, what Yosef did was true also, what he says in his dreams. And what Yaakov did was also justified. But, you know, it looked, it was a bad optics. So anyway, furthermore, in the story, just with Yosef and Binyamin, he fell on the necks of Binyamin. What do you mean on the necks? How many necks did Binyamin have already? That he fell on his necks, in plural. Yeah, he fell on his one neck, but he was crying over the two base of Batei Mikdash. What does that have to do with Batei Mikdash? Because it was the Chelek Binyamin in the base of Mikdash, and it will be destroyed. And then it says, Binyamin Binyamin responded by crying on Yosef's neck. Uh, neck. How so? Bachal Mishkan Shila, as we said, for 369 years, um, shortly after the arrival in Eretz Yisrael, the Mishkan was in Shiloh. Which was in Yosef's territory, 
right? Obviously, there is no Chelek Yosef, um, but there's, right, Menashe and, um, and, if, and Ephraim are considered Chelek Yosef, and therefore he's crying um, for that. Now, furthermore, this is again Yosef and his brothers. He says, um, Your eyes see like the eyes of my brother Binyamin. Amr Balaz, what's going on here? Amr Lahim, he was telling him like this. Just like I obviously have no animosity towards Binyamin because he was not involved in my sale, in this, I feel the same towards you. In other words, no hard feelings. That's what he means. My mouth is speaking kifi. That's what he means. Kain libi. Just like what I'm telling you now, that's what I genuinely feel in my heart. Fine. Anyway, Yosef sends his brothers with gifts for Yaakov. This is what he sent, and here's the list in the Chumash. Ten donkeys from the best of Egypt. What was the best? Still, Benyamber Yefes is darshaning this whole parsha. Amr Belazar. He sent them aged wine, which people like. Okay, people who really know their stuff. Okay. More with Yosef and his brothers. So now the brothers go and they, they fling themselves on Yosef. That's what is meant when people say, when the fox, the tala, has his hour, you're supposed to bow to him. Now, the fox is generally a derogatory term. In other words, even when, the, so to speak, the weasel, ha- every dog has his day. And when a dog has his day, don't get in his way, just acknowledge it, and then move on. Says the Gemara, to Allah? What do you mean, every dog has his day? Uh, Yosef was like the viceroy. He was clearly on top of the world and like, re- and like instituted as such. So this is not a situation of every dog has his day. In what way was he inferior to his brothers? So the Gemara says, no, you're right. That didn't mean Yosef and his brothers. You have to say it like this. Why should Yosef be angry? They sent him to Egypt. He became a multi-billionaire. Yeah, but what was the intention? They threw him in a pit, Geronimus. Remember that part? Who cares? I'm a multi-billionaire. What do I care? Yeah, but you know what? It's hard to forget being thrown in a pit with snakes and scorpions. Anyway, Eli, but, he, but you're right, he forgave them. The Medr says he brought them back to the pit and said, Hallel, if it weren't for the pit, none of that would have happened. You want to be a multi-billionaire or you want to be a poor not everything's, not everything's money. I'd rather not be a multi-billionaire, not be thrown in a pit. Okay. Now, so he's saying it has nothing to do with Yosef and his brothers. It has to do with Yaakov Avinu and Yosef. When, when, when Yaakov Avinu right, was bowing towards Yosef, so to that, every dog has his day, meaning relative to Yaakov Avinu, right, that was Yosef um, being in a position of power, as we say. And therefore, that's really temporary. In other words, Yaakov was always greater, but in that moment, Yosef was the viceroy, and therefore, Yaakov was affording him the cover. Fine. So then, this is Yosef reassuring his brothers again. We're getting back, we're getting back. Oh, we're going to get, this is going to be awesome, you're going to like this. This, remember we said that Mordechai was learning about the Kamitsa and Haman was afraid? We're about to learn the source of this. Watch this. And he waited for him to, da- to finish davening. So, he comforted them and spoke to them. Okay, in other words, this is Yosef speaking to his brother, reassuring words. And these were the words. Obviously, 
Ten candles can't extinguish one, but he means just like you tried to snuff me out and you outnumbered me, but you couldn't. So I'm one against ten. I would certainly not be able to extinguish you. Oh. Then we continue with the Megillah. So anyways, that was all because of the prediction of the clothing that Mordechai would wear. And here we go. You guys came in at a good part in the Megillah Sester. It was They had Aira, they had the Torah. Right? Because we learned that from the famous Pasuk of Mishlei. Simcha is a Yantiv. Right? So they were learning Torah. They had a Yantiv. Famously, that's Simcha associated with Yantiv. Sasan Zemila. They went back to Bris Mila. In other words, there had been a decree to stop Bris Mila, and now they could resume it. That is a reference, Yimersecha uh, is your word, a reference in Tehillim, where it says, and therefore it's a reference to Mila. Right, the Ame Aretz, right, will see that this is in the Torah, the Chumash, that they'll see that you are, you have the Shem Hashem, and they will fear you, right? Vitanya, and this is the famous price of Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Lezer, HaGadol Amber, Elu Tefillin, Shebarosh. These are the Tefillin, not Shelrosh, Shebarosh. This was my grandfather, Oliver Shalom, taught this to me from my Bar Mitzvah Pshetel. Elu Tefillin, Shebarosh. This is that we saw this in Brachas also. When the Tefillin are in your mind, when you have sincere Barosh, it is, I think the Gros says this, um, that when the tefillin are in your mind and you have the proper kavana, so then they will fear you. So clearly, that was true, right? Haman sees Mordechai davening sincerely, and he waited for him, astonishingly, to finish davening wow. before he approached him. Amazing. Fine. So they put on tefillin, as some of the guys are already doing now. I don't even know if it's man tefillin, but it's, as we will shortly be putting on tefillin, um, it will, it, just remember the power, tefillin shabarosh, when you concentrate on the tefillin themselves, the power that you have. Okay, now let's talk about Aseret Bnei Haman. Getting a little technical here. All the Aseret Bnei Haman. All the Aseret Bnei Haman. Yafo said, Aseret Bnei Haman ve'aseres. It says ve'aseres. What's the word? Wait a minute. It says Aseret Bnei Haman. And then it says Aseres again. All of that has to be done, as we famously know, in one breath. Why? My taima. Kulu ve'adehadani nafkanish masayu. To allude to the fact that they were all killed simultaneously in one moment. Amar Biyachanan Vav Devaisasa. What about Vivaisasa? Tzarech Lemim Techa Bezekifa. Has to be elongated. You gotta look at the Megillah and see. Is Vav of Vaisasa elongated? Yes. Why? Kimordaya delivers. Yeah. It's like the poles used by the boatmen in the river Libras. Um, in other words, they, they use those poles. Why? What, what does it have to do with anything? My taima? Kulu bechad skifa is the kifinu. To mimic like a, uh, a pole that is falling, that is falling, right? In other words, they're all hanged on, hung on one pole, all one above the other. So that is illustrated literally in the Megillah with that elongated vav on Vaisasa. Furthermore, Amokhanin Rapapa, Darish Rav Shila, Ish Kfar Tamarta, Rav Shila from Kfar Tamarta said, Call Shir Skula Nichtavas, Arich al Gabi Levena, Ulvena al Gabi Arich, Chutz Mishir Azum al Chikanan. 
all the shir, if you look at the structure of shira, right? Hazinu, Azyashir, all of them have the, the brickwork, right? Baltimore brickwork, uh, lattice work, where they're sitting one on top of the other very sturdily. However, this, not so, this is considered a shira. The listing of ten sons of Haman is like praise of Hashem, because look at the Mida connected Mida. And also the listing of the 31 kings of Canaan, say for Yeshua, you'll see there, It doesn't have the lattice work pattern. It has one right after the other, like a stack, like Jenga, where the whole thing is about to come down to illustrate indeed that it's about to come down. Ask the Gemara, again, my time, what's the reason? It's to indicate there should never be a recovery. Once it falls down, it's going to fall down. So the king said to Esther, uh, we can, the Jews killed um, killed a lot of people. There too, as Rashi here explains, that the pasuk is like this. This is the pasuk test Yud He says Esther Malka He's starting to say, you know what? The Jews are also being very belligerent. They're killing a lot of people. And then all of a sudden. In other words, the, the Gemara is explaining that there was an abrupt change in the conversation. He's starting off saying derogatory things about the Jews being also deligerent. All of a sudden, a Malach comes, shuts his mouth, turns the conversation abruptly into, what would you like? So that was divine intervention indeed. And when Esther appeared before the king, he said with a letter, what does this mean? Well, Amar, Amra mi Why does it say Amar? Right, Amar im Hasefer. This is talking about Esther. So what's Amar? Why does it say Why does it say Amar? It should say Amra because it's a female talking. Amar Biachan Amra Lo Ye Amer Bepem Ashakasev Besefer. That the Megillah has to be read from what that which is written in a scroll, as we're going to see in right the the next parak, which is coming up tomorrow. Bezrat Hashem, how you have to read it from a Megillah scroll and not Baal Pe. Okay. Now, what was the dispatch saying? Divrei shalom ve'emes, words of peace and truth. Amar Rabbi Tanchum, Amarle Amar Rabbi Yasi, Melamet Shitzricha Sirtud. That teaches us some details of the Megillah scroll that you need to have Sirtus Kamita Shal Torah, like a real Torah scroll. Okay, and then the Gemara, the Megillah continues to say, Umaimer Esther Kayim. The word Esther's words are validated, right? Umaimer Esther in Divrei Atzamas Lo. So Esther's words contribute to the miracle, but Divrei Atzamas Lo, like Bitmia. What do you mean? What she said contributed, but not the actual fasting that Klai Yisrael did and all of the, right, all of the, um, the fasting and the praying and the tshuva. So, Amar Yochanan, Divrei Hatzom Os Umaymer Esther. Kiem Es Divrei Perma Eile. That, Divrei Hatzom and Maymer Esther was everything. It was the tshuva, it was the combination of all these things that led to the Yeshua. So, the Megillah concludes, and we'll conclude, and this, with this we'll conclude. Where we, where are we? Mordechai, it's about seven lines up from the bottom Hashem. We will conclude with the uh, darshaning of the Megillah tomorrow and finish the parak and start anew Be'ezrat Hashem.